Welcome to the Psychology of Successful Women podcast, where we explore the mindset, behavior, and success strategies of high-achieving women. It's an inspirational show that helps ambitious women maximize their performance from the inside out and thrive in the world of business. I'm your host, Shona Rowan, inspirational speaker, mindset and high-performance coach, and founder of the Psychology of Successful Women Career and Business Acceleration Programs. On each episode, you will hear insightful conversations with trailblazing women about how they have built a successful career or thriving business and how they cope with setbacks and challenges. Most importantly, each episode will help you sharpen your mindset, share practical advice, and inspire you to take your success to the next level. On today's episode of the Psychology of Successful Women podcast, it's my great pleasure to be speaking with Gemma Nugent. Gemma is a lawyer in Perth, Western Australia, where she runs her own practice, Sound Legal, alongside raising her three children and completing her Master of Laws. She holds deputy chair positions of the board of the Australian Inclusion Group and the Fremantle Language Development Centre, and has even found time to lecture in corporate and commercial law at Curtin Law School. We had a great conversation about her career journey and her passion for the construction industry and legal profession, how she boosts her productivity and manages her distractible personality, how she finds a balance between being connected and being overwhelmed, the importance of building an online profile in your area of passion or specialty, and so much more. So Gemma, welcome to the Psychology of Successful Women podcast. I'm really looking forward to speaking with you today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to chat too. Yeah. Well, let's get started. So first question I'd love to ask you, perhaps you could tell our listeners about yourself and your career journey, all leading up to you starting your own practice, Sound Legal. Well, my career journey has, I think, not been linear. It's sort of um, gone round in circles and gone in different directions, which has all turned out brilliantly in the end. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't the conventional pathway to where I am. So I started off studying a science degree at Curtin Uni. I finished, um, I majored in psychology. And when I finished that, um, I went off to work for the Western Australian State Government with the Premier's Department as a policy advisor, which I absolutely loved as well, actually. And uh, that job involved quite a bit of working up at Parliament House and getting involved in the legislative process. And that led me to become interested in law. And my employer and my manager at the time was super supportive of me studying part-time. So I started my law degree part-time when I was a couple of years into that job. Uh, And then I, as soon as I started it, I realised that I absolutely loved it. Like I felt like Mm. I found the place where I was kind of supposed to be. I found my tribe um, of nerds. Anyway, (laughs) then um, so I actually ultimately I continued working at the state government while I was studying, um, ultimately finished that degree with honours and then I became an associate at the Supreme Court with um, a wonderful judge called Justice Owen who at the time was doing the Bell Trial, which is a really big piece of litigation in Western Australia, in Australia in fact. Uh, I went from there to a boutique litigation practice for two or three years, uh, no, I think about three years, um, and that role taught me a lot but ultimately kind of made me feel like litigation wasn't the right place for me to be and so I started studying um, management I was doing my MBA from there I was approached about an in-house role at a big engineering and design consultant 
Um, and so I moved in-house. I became an in-house lawyer and I and it was another sort of fortuitous move that I absolutely loved. I loved mm. being in-house. I loved being in the construction industry. I really enjoyed the company. The company that I worked with is called Acom. It's a big American company with a really large Australian business. Uh, found it absolutely fascinating. Loved all the people I worked with and I was there for nearly nine years. I had three children during that time and then by that point uh, I was, I guess, becoming... Um, my role was becoming more management focused rather than legal focused. So I was sort of looking for opportunities or or trying to find a way that I could increase the amount of legal work I was doing. Uh, And also by that stage, my children, you know, I had three children and they were all pretty young, but they were moving towards school age. And I was trying to think of ways that I could have more autonomy and more flexibility in my work life. And so those two things together motivated me to start my own practice, Sound Legal, mm. um, which I started in early 2019. So I'm a bit over two years in now and that's where I am today. So Sound Legal is a contracted commercial law practice. Typically my clients are engin- in the engineering or construction industry and I help them create and negotiate clear contracts so that they can achieve great project outcomes. Well, I love hearing about your career journey because even though I've obviously known you for years, I haven't heard a lot of that story before. And I I especially love hearing about the non-linear path that you've taken that I'm sure a lot of people listening in will find fascinating. So thank you for sharing that. So one of the things I know you're really good at, Gemma, um, and that we've spoken about before is being productive and managing your time. Now, as a small business owner, like you said, and someone who wears many hats, you know, you're a mum to three children, you're a board member, you're completing your master's. I'd love to know how you prioritise your time. And I guess linked to that, any of your go-to strategies or tech tools that help you with this? So I think... um... I've always been reasonably organised, but I really started getting super interested in time management and productivity after my children were born and I moved into sort of part-time roles and um, I no longer had the luxury of staying at work until 10 o'clock at night to finish things off, And which, you know, I think like many lawyers had been an aspect of my practice in, you know, for well until my children were born really so um, after the kids were born I started really becoming quite interested in time management and productivity and looking for ways that I could you know just be more efficient with my time my work time not not just my work time though my home time as well and I think that led me to really start focusing on goal setting I've always been quite motive like motivated by achieving goals but I started to really break them down more so now I really set Um, goals for my business, goals for my family, goals for my personal development. Um, And I I set quarterly, more annual goals, quarterly goals, and sometimes weekly and also daily goals. So trying to really identify what are the top two or three things that I'm doing this day, this week, this quarter that are going to move the needle on my business. And that helps me to think about you know, what I'm doing each day. And I try to allocate really realistic amounts of time in my calendar for those things. Mm. Um, And so that means looking ahead and sort of saying, right, if I'm taking on this piece of work, do I actually have the time to do it? Um, Have I dedicated enough time in my day to business development, to, you know, administration and sending out invoices and all the things that need to be done to make sure that my business is moving forward? And have I also allocated time to other things that are important to me? Like, you know, am I, am I, 
have I been parent helper at my kids' school this week? Have I been to the gym? All of that stuff. I try to schedule all of it. So that's probably the main thing. I think that really helps me be productive and it's just having um, some transparency for myself about what's going to happen in a day um, and also building a bit of room in there for things that crop up that maybe are unexpected as well. Um, so, you know, building that extra time in means that if I have got really high priorities for the day, that, I, that those things are not going to get derailed because I've already built a bit of timing for the stuff that I wasn't really expecting. It doesn't always work, but you know, that's the, goal. <laughs> the ideal. Well, I love that tip around um, goal setting. As as you know, you know, as a high performance coach, it's always about how can we achieve the things we want to achieve. And I love that you use it in your personal and professional life. I think that's a really powerful tip. You know, you said weekly, hourly, you know, monthly goals. I think for everyone listening, if we want to boost our focus, that's such a great tip. So thank you for sharing that. Um, linked to that, I know you're a big fan of some technology apps, Gem, that help you with this. So tell our listeners about some of your favourite apps that kind of link to this and help with this overarching theme of being productive and maximising our time. Well, I have to say, I would never really have thought of myself as being like a tech guru <laughs> or a really, you know, technological kind of person. But I've realised recently that I actually have come to rely pretty heavily on some tech tools and some of them are really useful. And probably my favourites that I use every single day, well, at least two of them I use every single day, actually. So I'll tell you about three, three okay. quick um, tech tools. We love uh, it. So yep. The first one is, so when I started my practice, I actually, um, I don't, I generally um, operate on a fixed fee basis. So generally I don't bill by time, which is maybe a little bit unorthodox for legal practice. Um, and so initially I thought uh, that meant that I didn't have to actually track what I was doing in my legal practice every day uh, and, in fact, I actively avoided doing that. But I think after probably 12-ish months I realised that I didn't have a good grasp on what mm. I was actually doing in a day and that means yeah. it's a little bit hard to know, like, is the business actually profitable? You know, how much time am I yeah. sp- spending on revenue generating work and how much time am I spending on admin and am I just bogged down in stuff that's not really making me any money yeah. or not advancing the business goals or my personal goals? Um, and so I experimented with a few types of time tracking software and the one that I've become really keen on is called Toggle. Uh, I find that one I can allocate, um, you know, you can set up sort of uh, accounts, I guess, for different clients, different projects, different types of activities. You can colour code them, which I actually don't do that much. But, um, you know, that really helps me get a sense of how much time I'm spending on different projects and different types of projects. And that in turn helps me to accurately estimate the fees that I should be charging to clients. Um, so, yeah, that's been really helpful, I think, Toggle. Um, and it's really easy. You can either, you know, you can have an app on your phone or I use the web uh, the web version, but I find it pretty user-friendly, which is important for me because, as I said, I'm not really tech, not a tech person. <laughs> I'm sure um, a lot of people listening aren't either. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, what, the other software that I really, really love um, that I've been, actually been using for many years now, probably since I became interested in productivity, I would say, is a web blocking software software called freedom now i like many people am prone to getting sucked into just a vortex of internet links that choose up time and all of a sudden you know i've lost an hour to youtube videos and so um one of the ways that i tackle that knowing that that is part of my personality um one way of managing that is actually to you know avoid it or prevent it if you like block it um, so I use this um, software called Freedom that you can set up um, 
you know, different website, you can tell it which websites to block. And when that software is running, you can't, like it just, if you try and type the, you know, like with kids almost, is that the same sort of thing? Like with the security with kids blocking sites? Got yeah, really yeah. I, I imagine it must be similar. Soft, yeah. The software must have similar functionality. Sure. Um, yeah, so you type whatever you're typing in, the Daily Mail, whatever, um, into the URL, it just pops up a big green screen and says you are free to do something productive and it's just a reminder. Great, I love you're that as well. To, yeah, Positive messaging, right? Yeah, totally, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just a reminder that you're supposed to be doing something else and yeah. you know, get on with it, I guess. So I find that really helpful. The third one um, that I have been using for probably about two years now, there's a few different types of these, but the one I use is called Hootsuite. It's mm. a social media heard of this. scheduling yep. software. Yep. That kind of goes together with freedom because um, if I schedule social media, you know, I do some of my marketing through, or quite a bit of my marketing, I suppose, through social media, um, I can schedule posts or content or whatever you like to call it um, through Hootsuite. It means that I'm not hanging around in those actual platforms um, and I can usually schedule most of it from my desktop so I don't have to be sort of distracted by what's happening on my phone. I can just prepare the content, schedule it, schedule it for another time um, or a time that's, you know, helpful or convenient for whatever reason um, but it means that I've got a bit of control over it and I don't have to be bogged down sitting inside a platform um, getting distracted by what's happening in the news feed or whatever for big chunks of time. Yeah. Well, I've written those down and at the end, Gemma, I will include those links to anyone because I'm sure there'll be lots of people listening now thinking, wow, I'm sure they could help me. So you mentioned Toggle, Freedom, the blocking um, software and Hootsuites. We'll, we'll include those links at the end. So building on that, um, you know, I know personally as a business owner with my clients, et cetera, that social media, as we started to talk about then, can be overwhelming at times um, in terms of, you know, where we spend our energy and all that sort of stuff. So how do you find that balance? And obviously technology is a part of this that you're alluding to then, but how do you get that great balance, Gemma, between being connected and being overwhelmed? Because this is one of your, you know, you're great at being productive. So, um recognizing as I did that I am prone to getting distracted by mm. the internet that includes social media 100% and I think you know that stuff is designed to draw you in and yeah you clicking yep um so some of the things but at the same time it's important to stay connected like my clients I want to be visible to my clients I want I'm trying to build my profile in um, the industry that I'm working in or the industries that I'm working in and so you kind of have to have a balance of both. You can't, well, I mean, you can't can right? just be but one or the other, right? Yeah, it? but for me, it's not, yeah. it's, I, I don't want to completely detach myself from um, those platforms. So for me, it is trying to find a balance between, you know, um, being present in my life, especially when my kids are around, and also marketing my business and staying connected with other professionals. So um, for one thing, one thing that I have found really helpful is I've taken all of that, all those apps off my phone. I don't interact with social media on my phone at all. And that Did you find that hard, Gemma? Be honest. <laughs> I'm sure as you're saying that, I'm kind of hard. going, could I do that? I'm sure a lot of yeah. listeners are like, oh, my God, not having my apps on my phone. How hard was that, Gemma? Talking about tech tools, when I first did that was yeah. before you had the screen time function sure. on my phones. Yep. And so I actually used an app called Moment, which made me much more aware of how I was using my phone mm, and what yeah. apps I was spending a lot of time in. Um, and that in itself was enough of a motivation for me to just remove all social media from my phone and emails yeah. so I don't have any of that stuff on my phone. And that means that. Wow, that's awesome. 
Well, the, it actually links back to that idea of scheduling time in your day. So I try to schedule time in the day for um, interacting with social media or checking my emails or responding to emails or whatever um, because that means that I'm not distracted all the way through the day, you know, and I'm not sort of drawn into stuff. I'm actually allocating a period of time to 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 stay connected, to connect with people and respond to messages and, and try and maintain engagement with people who, you know, I have relationships with, but it's not eating into my entire day. Mm. So I think for me that's um, then when I am interacting with people, I'm more focused on it, I'm more engaged with it. So And that's that idea of disconnecting to stay connected or disconnecting mm. to make time for connection. Um, it's really kind of finding the ways that, you know, you that work for every individual is different, of course, and for me that's a way that works. It's to, you know, really avoid those distractions or prevent myself from getting drawn into them but yep. also recognising that it's important to stay connected with people and need to make time in your day to do that. Um, but, you know, you've got if you're making time for it, you've got a bit more control over it. Well, I like that sense, like you said, of getting a balance because for most people listening in, they're either running their own business or they they work in an organisation. And like you said, visibility and things like that are really important. Staying connected to people is important. But the flip side, it's so easy for all of us to become consumed by it. And there is some app on my phone, Jim. I don't even know what it is that came with my new iPhone that says how long you're spending on different things. And sometimes these alerts time. pop up and I go, yeah. oh, my God, you know, can't believe yeah. I've spent that long. So um, I think there's some really great tips you shared then about getting getting the balance because it's not all of one, it's not all of the other. And and being conscious, like you said, you've worked out what works for you. And for all of us, we have our own bad habits and our own time wasters and energy drainers and going, you know, what do I need to keep myself and my, as you said, your distractible personality and I, I'm similar. What do you need for it to, you know, for this to work for you? So I, I love all of that. Now, you've had a fabulous career. You run this great business, as we talked about. Something I love asking all my guests is around some career advice or just some broader sort of concepts that they maybe wish they'd known earlier in their you know career or anything for people listening in to help them boost their career or maximise their success in business. You know, I spent a bit of time in the last couple of years teaching law, teaching corporate law at university, and one of the things that I really encourage my students to think about earlier on, just maybe something that you know no one suggested to me early in my career is the importance of building a profile in whatever industry you're in. Yeah. And, you know, there's lots of ways that you can do that, but we've just talked about, you know, the fact that we use social media to connect with people and I think that's a real opportunity, a real missed opportunity for a lot of people, both employees and business owners, um, to use social media and, you know, perhaps their website or their blog or whatever to just, you know, become visible and to establish a profile and just to demonstrate to people what you know um, and what kind of value you can share, what kind of knowledge you can share that will help your clients and other people in your industry to move their own needle, to move their own, um, you know, business or work life forward. So for me, that was a big learning in starting my own business. I actually had a, had a business coach early on who pretty much just took a look at my LinkedIn profile and said to me, Look, Gemma, the actual words she used were it reads like an obituary of things that we've done it doesn't actually explain to clients um what you what you can do what, what value you can deliver to them and um so I had a lot of learning to do and um and some insecurities to overcome to start publishing content um on you know for me Personally, and for my business, it's mainly LinkedIn and my blog. And also, um, I have a mailing list that I've been building that goes out to 
you know, the people in the construction industry particularly, but also the legal profession. Um, for other people, you know, that's going to be in different places. It might not even be online. It might be delivering seminars to industry associations or whatever it might be. Um, and I think, you know, building your profile in in the industry that you've chosen or the field you've chosen is just like the biggest thing that can really move you forward and being able to go into a performance review if you're an employee and say, look, these are all of the connections that I've made and this is the business that they've brought in or this is, you know, the leads that, that uh, you know, that my profile has generated, like, like that is not to be underestimated. And, you know, you and I have spoken before about the fact that people don't really, like, you know, I don't know how many users there are on LinkedIn. It's like 500 million. And I think it's like 1% or 2% actually yeah. post stuff on LinkedIn. Yeah. Uh, and I imagine that's probably the same for other social media platforms and other online, you know, um, communities. So being that person that's out there publishing some content and, you know, um, building connections in that way, like that's it's a, a relatively easy thing to do, um, although it feels hard. It feels hard to pressing the publish button at first, but, mm. um, you know, I think that would be a really major thing. That's what I was encouraging all my students to start doing, like if there was an area yeah. of law interested in it, that interested them, you know, just start writing some little short blog posts about it and, um, you know, LinkedIn and Facebook, whatever, um, they're free. Like you don't actually have to pay any money to start building your profile on those platforms. There's lots of things that came up then that are really, really powerful. And like you said, I totally agree with you. So many people I work with think like the hard work will just sort of speak for itself eventually. Mm-hmm. But like you said, if we're not visible, if people don't know about us, if people don't That's know what we specialize right? in, especially my female clients, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. And yeah. then I know that with me for a long time, a bit like you said, years ago, you know, I didn't really realize you need to think about visibility. I didn't really realize that you need to think about your profile and your brand and being seen and making sure people know about you and how you help other people in case they need that kind of help and all those sorts of things. And it, you know, links out to all those other things around our yeah. network, as you mentioned. And if you run your yeah, own business, well, that's I think something that something that I did do actually early on in my career that I've continued to do that and that still pays dividends is getting involved in like industry associations. So. Yeah. You know, early on I was on the committee of the Environmental Law Association and then I was on the committee of um, the Association of Corporate Counsel when I was in-house and, you know, um, those sorts of connections that you build in those places are so valuable and, you know, you also make really great friendships as well. Um, I'm kind of introverted so sometimes I find those social um like, you know, that it, it, it can drain my energy to be yeah. with people. Um, so trying to find ways that I, ways of interacting with people that I enjoy is important. Um, so, yeah, and I think, you know, if there's two people in a business, a law firm or any other kind of organisation, and they both work equally as hard, but one of them goes to the events and is on LinkedIn, you know, Absolutely. of course of course, their yeah. career is going to be accelerated, yeah. right? Because people yeah. know who they are, you know. So, yeah, I think that idea that hard work speaks for itself, sometimes it does, um, but I think it doesn't actually, it's not that hard to be a little bit more visible mm. and the benefits that come from that, are, you know, are really, um, they can be multiplied quite easily. I love that. And as you said, it's the combination, right? Like, of course, you need to be good at what you do. But I always say to my clients, especially if they're working internally, if there's two people that are really intelligent and hardworking and amazing, when it comes to a promotion or an opportunity, you know, that person that might just be more top of mind or they are just known by more people, you know, it's just that's just the way things happen. People work with people they know, like, and trust. 
I agree because I think what it comes down to a lot of the time is that people want to do business with people that they like. And so if they've had an opportunity to get to know you a little bit from whatever that might be because you gave a seminar or had a chat with them at a networking function or you posted a video on LinkedIn about something that you're working on or some information that you have to share, you know, that's you've you've overcome a couple of the hurdles of just being an unknown quantity because they know you. Absolutely. And one of the things you just made me think of then that I, again, I always say to my clients, it's not getting caught up in the likes or the response, right? Because I know with a lot of my clients, and there's research on this, but a lot of people are just like, so they call them like passive users of the platform. So they're on there, they watch it all, but they're not perhaps those people that post the videos or, you know, are really, really visible, but they're kind of watching. So I always say to my clients, and I remind myself of this, it's not about chasing lots of likes. It, no. People see, like every time when I work with clients, and as you know, I used to be based in London, people will say to me, oh, I saw you did that great event or I saw you spoke for Women in Energy or yeah. whatever it was. You they know, might so not people, have liked the post. Exactly. They might not have liked yeah. it. They might not have commented. You might not even really know they're on the platform at all because they themselves don't post anything, yeah. but they're seeing things. So it is a great way to stay in touch and, and just stay connected as well, right? Like you said, for personal and professional reasons. It's There's so many benefits of LinkedIn. You and me could talk about this yeah. for ages. But um, So I love those tips, Gemma. So second last question is there an inspirational quote or a mantra that you live by? You know, you've got busy life. What do you tell yourself when the going gets tough or what's your kind of a go-to mantra, if you like? So my favourite one is um, I read it on a, a running blog a few years ago and it's this, I can do hard things. So I um, before my children were born, I was... Um, quite keen on running don't do as much of it now but um, there was a period where I was really into it and I used to read this um, blog that was written by a marathon runner and she talked a lot about how um, when you've when you're really well trained for a marathon when you're actually running that marathon um, a lot of the hurdles that you come up against are mental rather than physical Um, and so you know you might be thinking that they're physical but they're actually psychological and so um, one of the ways that she would overcome that mental obstacle that comes sort of you know whatever it is two-thirds of the way through the marathon was to start saying to herself or reminding herself like literally reminding herself you know I can do hard things and I've thought about that really a lot over the years um, when you know there's times when I feel overwhelmed or really busy or I've just feel like I've got too much to do or I've got too many things on my plate it's just to remind myself like I can do hard things and just it's just one step at a time and you know um returning to my ideas about prioritizing what are the things that have to be done and just starting to move through them and you know being conscious that I can do it like I I definitely can do this stuff I've done it before I'll do it again and um and it'll be okay that's a great really positive mantra I, I really like that and so everyone listening in having one your own one I guess that you can go to when the times are tough I really like that something you can anchor into and I always think of the Katy Perry one around you know you've got this or whatever she yeah. just sort of repeats yeah, that to sure. herself which is on, you know yeah everyone find your own one that keeps you in that state yeah. so Gemma I've loved talking with you today perhaps you could tell our listeners about where they can go to find out more about you connect with you on LinkedIn or find out more about Sound Legal. So um, LinkedIn is probably a really good platform to connect with me. Uh, I'm, I try to post on there once or twice a week. So, um, you know, if you come and 
follow me or connect with me. You can see what I'm posting there and you can find out a little bit more about my business and you can find your way to um, my business website, which is soundlegal.com.au. You can sign up for my monthly newsletter there where I, I send out kind of monthly insights about mainly business risk issues like contracts and I try to keep it really plain English. So I encourage people to go and have a look for that. But, yeah, LinkedIn, definitely. Come and connect with me on LinkedIn and, um, you know, tell me a bit about your business. And that's why your newsletter is called No Jargon, Gemma, which absolutely is, right? (laughs) Look, well, thank you so much for being on the podcast and sharing your career journey and your practical advice and your productivity hacks with our listeners. So keep up the great work and I really look forward to staying in touch. Thanks for having me, Shana. It's been fun. You're so welcome. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Psychology of Successful Women podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to hit the subscribe button or go to psychologyofsuccessfulwomen.com to download our free ebook and access a bunch of other resources. See you on the next episode.